Okay. Um, coming into the home stretch today, Nova. So, so far we've talked about two kinds of designs. Simple peculiar designs, that's what we call them. Uh, that's the, the two simplest ones, it's one and ten variable. Right? We've talked about those. Uh, we've talked about factorial designs between and within. And we forgot to turn on the recorder. But now I have. Okay. So we got simple between and within designs. We've talked, we've talked about using more than one independent variable between both. Both of them between or both of them within. Right? Why not combine the two with some crazy world of mixed up wackiness? Oh, I had nothing. I thought the sto that story was funny and now you've completely screwed me. Let's do that, shall we? I get way, you know, exclamation points. I'm trying to make this stuff interesting, okay? Okay, and you might ask, well, why would we do that? Well, there actually are cases where we want one or more between and one or more within variables. Um, in fact, it's exceedingly common for us to do this. Uh, on Friday, if you go to the Psychology Honors Thesis uh, Conference, which you should do because it's fun, um, and afterwards there's drinking. Um, there is, just saying. It's us. You've met our department, right? <laughs> so you should go. But you'll see this. People a lot of times have one between, one within, things like that. It's very common. It's very common. And also, go support your class in the college if you can. I'm serious. So if learning is something that's got to be repeated as many, right? We talked about this. I gotta look at change over time. By definition, that's what learning is, right? It's change in, in, in uh, effect of you know behavior time one, sort of some event of time one affects behavior time two, that's learning. Um, species. I can't do that within subjects. <laughs> if I could, there'd be a whole, that's a whole nother thing. Oh, sex differences. Another fascinating thing, and you'll see this, I think, I know at least. One talk on Friday, we'll have we'll be looking at sex differences. You can't do that within subjects. Yes, I know people have operations and all these interesting things and more power to them. But typically, I'm talking about number of Y chromosomes, for example. Okay, I'm not talking about your gender identity, which is fascinating stuff. Now I'm talking. And there's of course etc., which is another. Uh, I don't know. Let's say learning, sex differences in learning are, are classic things that psychologists have looked at forever. Se uh, species differences in learning. So cognition and, and memory, these kind of things, almost always demand one between one within. So here's an example. Now, I talked about implicit and explicit memory quite a bit because uh, I've done some stuff like this. And here what I've done is I've got one group giving it, given an implicit memory task, say word fragment completion, and the other group is given an explicit memory task. And then I've got repetitions for five minutes to an hour and 24 hours, right? There may actually be some concern here about the implicit task being contaminated by explicit memory. 
Because if I was to ask people to fill out, you know, uh, recall all these words, and then that uh, production of those words could actually somehow affect the implicit text. Right? I don't want that happening. And in fact, there is some fascinating uh, stuff that shows that there are differences between implicit and explicit memory, the effects of bringing a third variable, levels of processing, but only in repeated measures designs. Chalice and Broadbeck, 1992. We still want a decay function, or a, or a function, I'm never sure if Jen is laughing at me. It's a little from column A, a little from column B, right, guys? Is that what it is? Okay. Anyway, we want a decay function. What is the other memory decays where it does? It won't with this, and it will with this. But we want to look at between groups. So what are our sources of variation? By the way, group one is subjects one to 10, group two is subjects 11 to 20 times, arbitrarily for 10 people in each group, right? Oh, that should be G2s. The explicit here should be G2s, sort of a bad choice. Well, there's test type, implicit and explicit. There's retention interval. There is, oh, look at this, look at that. You know we have subjects as one of our sources of variation? I've got a crazy new thing, it's got parentheses. This is subjects within test type. That's what that means. Subjects within test type. So you can't talk about subjects without mentioning additional test variation. So that means subjects within test type, or you might say subjects nested within test type. And this should be G2s under the explicit memory. <coughs> Subjects nested within test type. Yeah, the G1s are implicit and the G2s are explicit. So group 1 is subjects 1 to 10, group 2 is subjects 11 to 20. Subjects are within test type. So it's a, it's, subjects are nested. They're inside something. Okay. So you build the ANOVA table. It looks like this. We get <clears throat> what we do is we list. First thing we do is we list the between subject variable. This is pretty much the second to last thing you have to do. It's got one degree of freedom, it's two times the first. The next thing we do is we list subjects. So we 
ultimate subjects that are talking about this in our text is so we've got subjects next to the testa. It has eight keys in this one. Lumen minus one is ten minus one. Ten is two. There are two levels of test. We don't have any more between subject variables. So now we list a within subject variable and we go back to the alphabet dictionary. It has two degrees of freedom, number of levels of RI, minus one, two levels, minus one, plus three. And now we just start doing the ten limit. We just start crossing them. Retention rule by test. Retention rule by subjects within test. And we can't cross retention rule itself, so we stop. Now, the thing that Yates order does, it not only allows us to list all these sources of variation and degrees of freedom, the, the order part is what tells you what the error terms are. So we test, we, if we're going to find out if there's a significant effect of test type, we would take mean squared for test and divide it by mean squared for subjects within the test. If we wanted to test retention interval or retention interval by test, which in fact is probably a two step, in fact, RI by test is a one thing that we're we test that, both of these, with retention interval by subjects within test. Now remember when we did the mixed model, right? Uh, mixed model, just two-way analysis of variance, so we had to work out the expected values of the mean squares to find out what the test was what. We don't have to do that because, in fact, this always works. This, this, this heuristic, Yates order, always works. It allows me to find out the, degree, uh, the source of variation and degrees of freedom. It also allows me to, to produce the correct error terms for each. It's really important because this could get very clunky. Questions about this? Please. Sir. Well, the same thing happens with, um, think about a regular plain old two by two in else variance. The error uh, term for A is the same as it is for B, it's the same as it is for AB. Right, it's error, it's just that one which is actually subjects within AB. I'll go over that later. We'll, we'll work one out that looks like one of the old ones and we'll see that this just works. Please, John. No, you're still losing me. I know you've done important questions, so I need Uh, because that term doesn't exist. Okay. Because, <laughs> no, I'm not just stopping there. I'm going to get your reason for pointing. It's because I'm your father! Um, <laughs> you bet. We got tests, we don't. You're looking for 
something like ROI times subject context, but that, well, that term doesn't exist. Because we can't talk about subjects without talking about where they're getting Right? Because we have to say, oh, subjects, well, subjects 1 to 10 are getting the inputs of 10. And subjects 11 to 20 get the inputs of 10. We can only talk about them within yeah, within test. Yeah, between factors are always factors that subjects are nested within. Factors it would be subjects within, let's say, eight weeks. You can't have subjects within eight and subjects within eight. They can't be next to each other. They can be next to each other. They can be next to each other. So if you had, like, I'll, and we'll, I'll work one of those out. We'll, we'll finish this, which we probably will today, this, this set of slides. I'll work out some, I'll show you what it looks like to train vanilla analysis of variance. Sort of still works there. It still works there. It's basically the same sort of Yes. That's just an error trait. Yes. Well, this is a this is a random Exactly correct, Michael. That is exactly correct. Yes. We review between subjects within. Knows us the between factors, you cross them if there's more than one, the subjects which are nested within whatever the hell's above them, it has to be, and then the within factors. And you keep crossing until you're finished. Okay? The error term rule is exactly the same. We find the one at the lowest that has it and its subjects, which will always win. And again, like I said, I've said before, this might sound like, well, if I had a computer to do this, why would I have to do this stuff? A lot of statistical software has real problems with repeated measures. Uh, for reasons that completely freaking escaped me, SPSS, for example, the module to get to do repeated measures costs $4,000. That's stupid. You know why? Because they can, pretty much. Um, SAS isn't quite like that, but you know, SAS is another set of software that I wish that would win. I'd have to convince every other department to switch there. And then, oh, I've learned SPSS. I can't learn new computer program. PSPP, uh, it can do it, yes. The thing is, why go spend four grand on the extra upgrade when you can just put all this into a procedure called a general linear model, and you list subjects in there, and you show how they're all nested, and you don't actually do anything. You'll say, error, error. So we'll do all the experiments with all these subjects. And also, sometimes, one sec, sometimes you'll make mistakes putting stuff into a computer, putting in, uh, and you'll know if you did this beforehand, did the degrees of freedom right. Here. And it, it, it. So A or B or W. 
that's a big design, it goes up to W. There's a lot of 22-way interactions in that one. I'm going to show myself. Everything is fixed and subjects are random, which is it true about all 99.999% of the time? There's a lot of nines there. If one of them is random, the whole system falls apart. You still can get the sources of variation, but you can't get the errors. You have to actually do the expected values of the squares, which is a horrible, painful thing that you can do. You come to my office and ask me to ask to borrow my copy of Meyer Wasserman and Kepler's general linear models for behavioral sciences or whatever the hell the book is called. I, I blocked it out. It's the only time I've really think about repressed memory being real is that book. Block it out. There are no repressed memories. I was making a cognitive joke. Remember that, okay? Remember there are no repressed memories. Here's another example. We make n equal 5. Oh, that was cool. Forgot I did that. You like that? I used to have an animation in the slide for the start of the annulment and it would go on fire, but it seems a bit over the top. So we had two groups, right? T1 and T2. And we got B. That's C and that one is Greece. Holy. So, what's the between factor here? Let's take a look at that. Tell me, what's the between factor? What do you guys, what do you think? You've got a 1 3 chance if you're guessing, because it's B or C. And how, how do you spot that? You say, which one of the subjects nested within, or which one does not the first subject get? Everybody gets everybody in that one, right? Because group one gets A1, group two is getting A2. Who's B in between factor? Well, no, everybody gets B1, everybody gets B2, and everybody gets B3. Who's C in between factor? Well, no, everybody gets C1, and everybody gets C2. Yeah. That's good. We got between, we got subjects, we got within. That over between subjects within between is a that's supposed to be an arrow. It's got some notation for interpreting subjects and things like that. Within is b and c, and if between is a, that means subjects are within a. Subjects are within RDA. It's a more complicated question. Between subjects within. So A is the between factor. We list it first. A has two levels. It has A minus 1 degrees of freedom. Are there any other between factors? No. We've already established that. So now we have to list subjects within A. N minus 1. Four. 
No more between factors. Let's start the withins. I did C first. You could have done D first. D, C, D. C. C by A. C by X by A. B. This is classic with all the ones above it. B by A, B by S within A, B by C, B by C, A, B by C by S within A. Up. There's loose like cadence there, isn't it? B. B by A. B by S within A. B by C. One fish, two fish. One fish, four fish. No? Okay. Tough loop. And this is one of those cases. Now, we've got error terms. One, two. We have three. We have four error terms in this case. So we've got. Test, and I've got this column here to make it easy for you. We've got the test A, we use the, we're going to use the mean square for S within A. The test C and C by A, we use C by S within A. Test B and B by A, we use B by S within A. And finally, to do the two-way interaction of B and C and the BCA interaction, we're going to test it with B by C by S within A. And then a little bit of reading through, you can see we did it properly. Twenty eight nine ones, ten, eleven, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, thirty nine, forty, forty one, forty two, forty three, fifty nine. Get to sing it like that if you don't want. Let's see if you can call that singing. I'm not much of a singer. Bass player? No, I'm sorry, I played better since you're and rock band. Expected values of the mean squared to figure out what the test was what, it'd take you over an hour. You can do it. There's a, there's a, there are mechanical sort of ways of doing it, or you could just use this heuristic that works every single time. And you might think that's a, that's kind of when would there ever be one one between two within species, stimulus type, retention interval. There you go. Species is, be, is between the other two are within. A lot of comparative psychology will or you can think of again sex different stuff easily doing this. Or just two different kinds of treatments of any sort. But I mean like my, my PhD work, uh, experiments uh, three to seven in my PhD are all like that. Yeah. Uh, well, really experiment six to You know I'm correct. Like, like you guys are all going to go out and read it and go, you know, you said. Yeah, let's do another one. What the heck? Oh, look, it comes in like that as well. That looks the same, but it's not. It's not because we had, oh, look, it's not all G1s here.
Kirk has to get to some of these different levels of D. D1 is all G1, G3, D2 is G2, G4. It's already though, isn't it? They put the subjects in different levels of color. Here, C, on the other hand, everybody gets every level of C. So all I've done here is just switch the groups around. All of them. Nothing special. Right? Okay, so you don't see that a, both A and B are, are between subjects variables? Look, does everybody get every level of A? No, only these group colors are two get A1, and group two, three and four get A2. Same thing with these. One and three get D1, and two and four get D2. So different subjects get different levels of A, and different subjects Everybody gets every level of C. Okay? Everybody's getting C1, C2, right? It's not both A and B are between subjects design, uh, practices, right? The subjects are not nested within A B interactions. Because different subjects are on A1, B1, and A2, B1, and A1, B2, and A1, B2, B2. The subjects are within A B interactions. Okay? So now we have to say subjects are within A D. Questions so far? Does that make sense? They're within AB now? Okay. Uh, let's say there's six per group. I don't know. Pick a number. That, didn't that, that's the one from last time. Oh, it was five last time? Oh. <coughs> we're going, we're living on the edge. See, it changes. See how much more compact it's become? So we've got A, B, A by B. Because we've got two between, so we do them first. And then S within A, B. S within A, B is going to be the generic term for A and B and A by B. Now we throw C in the mix, which is within. C, and then we just cross it with everything above it. Right? C, C by A, C by B, C by A by B, C by X within A, B. It's not magic, but it is magic for our group. Uh, I didn't put it in there. Let's see if we can fix this up. Raising freedom, pretty straightforward. way you get any good at doing this is you make them up when you practice them. Seriously, that's all you have to do. 
I can tell you that about somewhere between 30 and 40% of your final grade on the final exams, rather, will be doing these things. So it's a way you practice. Get, if you get any decent at this, you just bang, 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 bang. It, it, there is one more step, Bill, that's evil, but not completely evil. It's evil-ish. It's evil-esque. It's evil-oid. But it's not that, that's not that bad. 